who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Sidewalk Audio presents Shadow Magic. A podcast novel by John Lenahan. Read by the author. Chapter 5. Rothlu. When I saw the air gurgling out of the wound in my father's chest, I dropped to my knees and screamed, Dad! This turned out to be a lucky choice. If I had remained standing, the second arrow would have got me right between the eyes. As it was, it still gave my hair its first center parting. Dad had opened the door to an ambush. Don't move, I heard a woman's voice order. I looked up, expecting to see a second attack. Instead, I saw a deadly scene frozen in time. Aunt Neve was standing in the doorway. Behind her were two soldiers with empty crossbows. My mother and my aunt were face to face, eyes locked. Mom was holding an amber ball, while Maeve was holding a golden sphere made of wire. Make one move towards him, and we all die, Mom said. If this boy dies, then my duty is done, Neve replied. If we all die with him... So be it. If I set off this shadow charm, then we will all die except the boy, Mom said. You have seen the protection I have given him already. Your duty will fail, and you will be dead. They stared at each other for a time. You should be with me in this, hissed Neve. You want me to stab my own son in the neck? My mother said neck with such vehemence that it made me jump. We all realized that if Connor was not around, we would all be safe. She spoke in such a strange voice that it made me think she wasn't talking to Neve. She was talking to me. She continued, You don't expect me to risk his neck just to make us safe. The amulet. She was talking about the Rothlu amulet around my neck. I reached up slowly, wiped my lips, and casually let my hand drop to the gold charm hanging around my neck. I wrapped my little finger around it. Do you really think you and Dad would be safe if I was gone? I said to my mother. Listen to him, Neve said. The boy is beginning to understand. I hope he does understand, Mom said, talking to me, while never taking her eyes off of Neve. Yes, it would be safer for all if you were gone. 
I looked down at my father. He nodded to me with his eyes. I did understand. Mom wanted me to escape with the amulet and defuse this situation so that maybe Dad could get some help. You know, Aunt Neve, I said, all of my life I wished I had an aunt that would send me an unexpected birthday present like other kids. Instead, I get one that tries to kill me every time we meet. Well, I want you to know that I'm taking you off my Christmas card list. Oh, and by the way, Rothlu. A Rothlu spell kicks in fast, but I did have a split second to see Neve's expression before it all went black. It was so satisfying that it was almost worth the pain. Pain. Did I mention pain? Oh, man, did I hurt. I didn't hurt all over like with a killer hangover. It was more like every little bit of me hurt. My lips hurt. My earlobes hurt. My toes hurt. My hair hurt. And I don't even want to talk about my groin. I felt as if every tiny fragment of me was torn apart and then quickly reassembled. And for all I know, that's exactly what happened. I was lying on my side in a fetal position. I must have been unconscious all night because I could feel the hot sun on my eyelids, but there was no way I was going to open my eyes, let alone move. I knew it was going to hurt too much. I think it would have stayed like that for a day or twelve if I hadn't been disturbed by a tug on my foot. Normally a tub like that would have had me alert in a flash, but I was so out of it that I only managed to crack one eye open a slit. The light sent up pain into my head that made me want to moan, but I was sure moaning would have hurt too. When I finally could focus, I saw a disgusting leather sandal on the ground next to my face and a pair of hands fumbling with a shoelace as they tried to put one of my Nikes on. I heard a voice say, Not bad. And then I felt a tug on my other foot. He was stealing my shoes. Some twerp was stealing my sneakers. Concussion or no concussion, I wasn't going to stand for this. You can whip me, shoot me, kidnap me, or try to kill me, but there is no way I was going to let my Nikes go without a fight. I jumped to my feet and in one swift movement drew my sword. I caught the thief completely off guard. First, he was utterly engrossed with my shoelaces, and secondly, I think he presumed I was dead. I must have looked dead. I certainly felt it. I found myself standing over him with my sword pointed at his chest. He was a young man in both face and in his eyes. His hair was the remarkable thing. It was jet black with a pure white tuft in the front. He was surprised to see me standing over him, and to be honest, so was I. Then the world began to spin. I had gotten up way too fast, and I was going to faint. As I swooned, I blurted out, Were you stealing my shoes? Then I lost my balance. I stumbled forward. The tip of my blade inadvertently moved towards his chest. He understandably thought I was going to kill him. I tried to pull my sword away. I tried to keep my balance. I thought I was going to be sick. That's when I saw his sword. Even if I had been alert, I don't think I could have parried it. With the quickest of flicks, he cocked his right wrist, and a short blade traveled like lightning out of his sleeve. In one instantaneous motion, he caught the pummel in his hand and stabbed me in the chest. The amber glow engulfed the two of us the microsecond before his blade touched my chest. I realize now that life is made up of not days or hours or even seconds, but of moments. One tiny moment follows another. 
One moment I saw the blade about to enter my heart. The next, I was impossibly balanced on the tip of a razor-sharp sword, protected by my mother's wonderful force field. I had just met another member of the family. You have been listening to Shadow Magic, a podcast novel by John Lenahan. Music gratefully provided by Lunasa. To hear more of their fabulous music, please visit their website, www.lunasa.ie. That's www.lunasa.ie. For more information about Shadow Magic or its author, please visit www.shadowmagic.co.uk Thank you very much for listening.